A Russian superweapon backfires. A bizarre vandal strikes a small town in Virginia. And then we take a look at the story of Turnbull Canyon. A winding little piece of road in California. But it is known to hold Satan worshippers and drifters who kill without warning. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to get through today, so we're just going to get started. We're going to go with this. The first two stories are actually incredibly recent, so I wanted to kind of put them in one episode because they're really kind of going on right now. But let's start off on our journey of the weird in Russia. We're headed to Russia, Mother Russia, the icy continent. I have nothing else to describe Russia. Anyways, they have funny looking buildings. We go to Russia. Let's all hop on board. We're just going to walk there. Takes us a long time, but we get to Russia. And the date is August 8th, 2019. So last week, really, unless you're listening to this episode in the future. People are hanging out in town, this little Russian town called Severodosvinsk. Severovinsk. Severovinsk. Anyways, it's a town in Russia. People are hanging out in this town. And they start to get news filter into the town saying hey hey they're walking down the street guys like i don't feel so good i wonder i don't feel so good my clothes are starting to get a little tight what's going on here someone runs out of the house and it's like everyone everyone run to the store and take your iodine pills or buy them first and then take your iodine pills we're like why their skin starts to turn green because radiation had spiked in the town everyone's starting to mutate people are levitating cars one of them's like can suck the powers from other people So for 40 minutes, the radiation spiked in this town. Now, Russia isn't, the government is not saying anything. They're just like, so people are freaking out. Why is the radiation levels going up in this town? But after 40 minutes, they started to go down and everyone, their mutations disappeared. And one guy was in mid-flight and he's like, ah, he dies. Now, so what we think has happened, because again, the Russian government really isn't giving a lot of details on what's going on. What We know, and we being the rest of the world, you may know more if you live in Russia, or are a member of Russian parliament, is that there was a, like a giant oil rig type platform out in the Arctic Sea. So it was by that town. It was by that town, right? And they were testing or building some sort of new weapon. And it exploded, and it killed five scientists. Now, these scientists have been named... And they are now considered heroes of the Russian government, which, I mean, in the pursuit of science, they died, they gave their lives. But these were like the best of the best. These were some of Russia's best scientists on this platform working on this. And and we don't know what they are working on. But because of the radiation spike and because of the area it was in and just general intelligence, this is what they believe they were building. This is nuts. They call it the 9M730 Bure Vestnik. It is known as a vengeance weapon. There's a. I was reading an article about it, and one of the people said the only reason why you would ever use this weapon. It's in the quote was, "It's impractical for anything short of an all-out nuclear war. It's a missile, not just a nuclear missile, but the fuel is nuclear, so it has unlimited range. It has a nuclear fuel source. It doesn't. It's not using like jet fuel or anything like that. Rocket fuel, I guess, is what it would be. It's not using any sort of traditional propulsion. It's powered by nuclear power." 
This weapon is supposedly designed to be used after all other nukes have dropped. This is basically like an FU to whatever country they're attacking, most likely America or China. And it's impractical other than an all-out nuclear war because the engine itself is basically a dirty bomb. So you wouldn't use it as like a tactical strike. This weapon was built for the last stages of a nuclear war. A doomsday weapon. An apocalyptic weapon. That's what we believe blew up. There's another suspicion. I thought this was crazy too. There was another suspicion that what blew up was they were building a missile, a top secret missile that could fly eight times the speed of sound. And just for comparison, that's as fast as Iron Man flies in the comic books. That is how fast a superhero, a fictional superhero flies. His top speed is like 8.8 times the speed of sound. They were building a missile that can go, uh, we'll say almost as fast as a cartoon hero. That's the level of weaponry that's being built out there. Because you can't stop it. There's no anti-missile system that can stop something that's hypersonic. Just doesn't exist. But yeah, coming soon to a neighborhood near you. You know, in Hood River here where I live, we have Hanford Nuclear Power Waste Dump. It used to be a nuclear power plant, I don't know, 40, 50 miles down the river. It's a total mess over there and they've tried cleaning it up, but they don't know what to do with it. That is actually a third phase target for the Soviet Union, Russia now. The first strikes, you want to take out, like, military infrastructure and uh, heads of state, chain of command, stuff like that. Second strike was big cities, where you just want to... So the first strike was basically, let's see what we can do to their military might. But if we're still lobbing missiles at them, they're like, okay, now let's target the civilian population. Let's start taking out major cities, financial centers, and stuff like that, because now we want to bring them to heel. But then they have what's called third phase, which is basically like that one, just the effort... Let's just do as much damage as we can to our enemy. And Hanford, or Hannaford, however you pronounce it, is a third phase strike. Basically, if a nuclear missile detonated there, it would irradiate the Pacific Northwest. It would, it would basically turn miles and miles of soil into a giant dirty bomb. You'd turn Pacific Northwest itself into a dirty bomb. I welcome the new mutant powers I will get during the nuclear war. I'm not afraid, but I'm hoping I get a cool mutation like healing. I guess I would need that because I'd be dying of radiation poisoning all the time. Telepathy, I think, would get boring, but I want, like, super strength. Flying doesn't make sense unless you're invulnerable because otherwise you're going to be hitting birds all the time. People just shoot you out of the sky. You need to have, like, one of the big ones. A lot of people go, I wish I was invisible. Nah, lame. Telepathy's kind of lame because you people, I don't think, are thinking about you that much. You'd be, like, talking to a girl and she'd be thinking about someone else. You'd be like, oh, this sucks. I thought I was going to be, like, reading all these sexy, sexy thoughts. Strength, super strength, invulnerability, regeneration, teleport... Nah, teleportation would suck. I'd get stuck in something. Okay, but let's go ahead. I welcome my mutant powers, though. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Next story is super, super short, super, super mysterious. Happened August 11th, 2019, so just a couple days ago. We're in... Henrico, let's all use our mutant powers to fly now to Henrico County, Virginia. Stop, evildoers. It's a totally peaceful suburb. Actually, no, there is an evildoer in this story. This is actually going to work. We're flying around. You're like, hey, Jason, look. And you're like my kid's sidekick. I'm like, what is it, young lean? It's a mysterious man. And we're like looking. We're hovering in the air looking at this dude. And we see a man walking through the neighborhoods of little suburbs in Henrico County, Virginia. And he's carrying a big box. And I'm like, ooh, could that possibly be a bomb? And you're like, golly jinkies, I don't think so. That is uh, a TV set. And I'm like, oh, you, you are right. So we land. The gimmick's done. The gimmick was going nowhere. We land. We go back in our civilian clothes. 
we real and now we're hiding in the bushes like a bunch of weirdos. We're hiding in the bushes and we want like we normally do in our civilian clothes. And we're watching a man carry an old CRT television set up to a house. And we look at each other. We're like, oh, this is weird. And he sets it down on the porch and turns and walks away. And that's when we notice his head is an old television set. Dun, dun, dun. Now, this isn't creepypasta. This isn't rumor. There is videotape of this. You know how they have those little ring doorbell cameras? So when people walk up to your front door, it goes off and it records what's going on. They have footage of this guy walking through the town, walking up to a door, putting down an old CRT, and he's wearing, like, all blue, like, blue work slacks, like Dickies, and then, like, a Dickies top. All the labels are covered up, which is smart. He's wearing a, he's wearing a big CRT on his head, big big old tube television set. Now, he dro- in one night, this guy, or men, we don't know, his face is covered up by a television set, dropped off 50... Big, giant television sets. Now, some of them were thir- only like 13 inches, but if you know those old TVs, if you grew up in that, those are still quite heavy. But there, some of them were bigger. Some were like 27 inches and stuff like that. But anyways, 50 television sets, a little over 50 television sets, appeared on front porches all over this small, sleepy little suburb in the course of one night. And it's funny because they called the cops out, and the, there's video of the cops having to lug these television sets, and they're throwing them in a big moving van. So, I mean, that sucks. There's their Monday having to pick up all these things. But the police said, listen, this is probably a prank. We don't know what's going on. But it is illegal because it's illegal dumping. And the residents seem to be pretty amused by it. They're like, this is, it's kind of funny. Like, someone must have a lot of time in their hands and obviously a lot of television sets. But what's weird about it is that this happened in Henrico County. It happened in the same county, different little town, but in the same county last august so the same month a year ago someone dropped 20 television sets off one at each different house never caught the guy he wasn't on video now they have video of him wearing this television head college prank hazing ritual tv repair guy trying to get rid of some product or what if that's not a mask what if that crt helmet is his real head and he's dropping off his babies at people's houses, hoping someone will take care of them. But you see, then the police take the babies and put them in their impound lot, and then the babies hatch. And the next time you get pulled over by a cop, you're like, oh, that's weird. Cop walks up and has a television forehead. And they're just taking the government over from the inside. One police department at a time. Now, obviously, that's, I'm joking around. But, but, that'd be pretty awesome. As long as the television head overlords don't bother me. I think it's a prank. I actually think it's a quite a funny prank. But yeah, it is also illegal dumping. So if these guys get caught, they'll get a fine or something like that. It'll be interesting to see if they do it again next year. Maybe it'll become a tradition. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Our next story is the story of Turnbull Canyon. Turnbull Canyon is a winding canyon, little winding country road. It's about a four-mile loop. It's down in California. It's in uh, Whittier, California. Here's the... So, Weird USA, we've talked about them before. They, they are, they're a mixed bag as far as their research goes. And this was their headline. This was their headline. Satanists, child snatcher, and drifters in Turnbull Canyon, Whittier. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. A little dubious of the source, but we got Satanists, we got babies getting kidnapped, which I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of that. But drifters, you got like drifters, like homeless people hiding in the bushes with sickles. Ugh, 
cutting people up. Anyways, supposedly this place, this bushy little canyon, little sagebrush. Let's walk along. Let's take a walk along the canyon. It's super dusty. We're all dirty now. There's tumbleweed rolling by, lizards on rocks looking at us and stuff. Just walking, walking through the, the, the canyon, right? Keeping an eye out for them drifters, keeping an eye out for saint worshippers, hoping to rescue some babies. But we don't see any of them. But before we wrestle a drifter, we have to talk about the history of this place. Supposedly, it was known as, yes, it's the episode where Jason can't pronounce anything, Hut, Hut Yukunga. Hut Yukunga. So the natives in the area called it that, and it means either the dark place or the place of the devil, depending on what translation you go with. And the natives in the area stayed away from it. That's part of the old legend. In 1845, the Spanish governor of Alta, California, which was the region there, gave it to two settlers. And then the natives started raiding the property because they didn't want the settlers there. So right there should start setting off your skeptics alarm. If the if the legend is the natives stayed away from the area and then they started doing raids on the area and later started working on the area, that doesn't jive at all. I couldn't find any reference to the place actually being called that outside of these ghost stories. So, a little skeptical right off the bat. But we got a lot of other good elements, right? The past have may have been added, may have been like put a little lipstick on it, but we'll keep going forward. So we keep walking down Turnbull Canyon, keeping an eye out. What? No. What's that? It's just a vulture flying by. And then you get a little, little suspicious because they start circling us. I'm like, ah, oh, no, that, that's fine. They do that all the time. I see it all the time in cartoons. You're like, uh, this isn't a cartoon, bro. We're walking through the canyon, sun's starting to set. You're no longer scared of the stories of the natives calling to the place of the devil. You think, yeah, that's probably pretty skeptical, right? But let's get into some more recent events. So the sun completely sets. Where'd that owl come from? I like it. So during the Depression, there was a rumor in the area. The Great Depression, I should say. Not just a depression. Some guy's all sad and a rumor starts. During the Great Depression... People were having a hard time feeding their kids. This this part's true. This happened all over the America and probably other parts of the world. Probably happens today, unfortunately. But people had a hard time taking care of their kids, so they would sell them off to get money to feed themselves, which sounds a little cruel, but they're figuring, ah, you know, I'll sell it to a rich family, it'll be brought up well. I get to eat today, and it's a win-win. But the rumor became a little more sinister because people said that in Turnbull Canyon, these wealthy families were buying babies, going around like poor people, Poor people are on the street corner going, babies, babies. And they like have like a wheelbarrow full of their kids. And rich people are like, oh, awesome. And they would buy these babies and they said, I will provide them a perfect home. And the fingers are crossed. And the guy's like, oh, awesome. Goes away. Guy's buying a bunch of bread. And the rich people were really saint worshippers. And they were sacrificing the babies in the canyon. That was a rumor that was going around, apparently, back then. There is no verification of that. It, it's an easy rumor to start and for people to buy into because you did have people selling their kids, and you would never know what happened to those kids. So it basically mixes the fact. It would basically demonize people who did sell their kids. It would go, hey, man, you don't know. He's going to a nice house. He might be, like, you know, getting sacrificed to the devil. And guys like, oh, my God, why'd you tell me that? Now I'm super paranoid. I got these two more kids to sell. Now I don't want to, but I'm gonna because I need to eat. That was a rumor that was going around at the time. Again, there's no verification of that. We can never really prove that either way. But people in the area still talk about these things. Even today, there are stories of satanic cults in this canyon doing these rituals. Now, at this point, we're walking through Turnbull Canyon. 
The large canyon walls are steep on both sides of us. There is no way out but to walk the four-mile loop. And you're thinking, Jason, why didn't you tell me about the more recent St. Where's the Rivers before I walk, started walking through here? Now it is almost pitch black. The moon is just kind of peeking over one of the sheer faces of the canyon. Super spooky. Now, people are posting online about running into Satan worshippers and things like that. You had one guy tell a story that him and his buddies were driving through the canyon and they went on some off-road, right? And they get out of their car and they start walking. They're ghost hunters, right? And then they hear a bunch of hooded people walking behind them. I don't know how they could tell they were. <laughs> they sounded like they could hear the hoods shifting against their head. They ran and they jumped in the bushes and they saw all these people in black hoods start doing a chant right in front of them, conveniently enough. And then cops showed up and everyone scattered and they hid in the bushes. And then one more, they saw like black boots walk by the bush. They're like, ah. And then the person left and they all ran back to their car. And there's no police reports verifying that. That's one person's story. But that's a common story that goes on with Turnbull Canyon. People in the area go there for ghost hunting. It's fairly remote. It's not like in the middle of the boonies. Like you could get there. But it's also not on the beaten path. It's It would be a good place to go to look for ghosts, to smoke weed, stuff like that. So people still talk about St. Worshippers there as well now today. Now, there have been murders linked to the area. There was a young woman who was shot in the head, and it took him a couple years to arrest the guy, but that seemed to be drug-related. It was two gangbangers who shot her, and they, like, set her body on fire or something like that. But, you know, people just... this You know how stories evolve in these areas. People stumble across the body that's burned up and be like, ah, same worshippers! And then after years of police investigation, they go, oh, no, it's actually these two idiot gangbangers who shot her over like a drug debt or something like that. There was a plane crash in the canyon. I thought this one was fascinating. There was a plane crash in the canyon. In 1952, I, I, I read this, and then I had to go find verification of it. And I came across this guy who said he's done thousands of hours of research on Turnbull Canyon. This was his account. 1952, this plane crashes. 29 people were killed. 21 of them were children. But see, when everyone saw the plane crash, or they heard the plane crash because it was kind of far away, but when rescuers finally got to the area and they started digging the bodies out, everyone on the plane was killed. 21 of them are children, but the other eight were also killed as well. They're not invincible because they're not children. When they brought the bodies back to the coroner, none of the bodies could be identified. They were all just basically bodies that no one had ever seen before. Not like just strangers, not like they're out-of-towners, but there was no record that these people ever existed. There was no record that the plane was ever registered, so it was just like a ghost airplane full of ghost people, basically. And the rumor in the area was was that Satan worshippers, like the dark magic of the area, actually pulled the plane out of the sky. It, the, the canyon itself wanted fresh blood. Maybe the plane came out of some sort of portal from an alternate dimension or from the future, and it was pulled in via dark magic into the canyon and blow up. The only thing that is true about that statement is a plane crash in 1952. 29 people did die. They weren't, there was almost no children, if any. It was mostly U.S. servicemen. They were all identified because they were U.S. servicemen. We have the names of everyone who died in that plane crash. We know who Flew the plane, we know who chartered the plane, we know what airline company owned the plane, we know the airport the plane flew out of and where it was headed, and it didn't crash due to magic, it crashed because it was really foggy, and the landing gear was down, and the pilot didn't know it, and it hit the rock. Now, you could say, well, what if Satan made the made the landing gear come down, and it was Satan's fog machine? Fine, I'll give you that, but thousands of hours of research, he needed a thousand hours and ten minutes of research, because... 
that's the problem with Turnbull Canyon, is that it's really hard to separate the myth from the legend. I'm sure that stuff went down there. But when one of the stories is, back in the 60s, a bunch of dudes ran this, one of my favorite things, there used to be an insane asylum in this remote canyon, in this desert road. There used to be a full-fledged insane asylum. It burned down in the 1940s. And then in the 1960s, some crazy, far-out, trippy dudes was like walking around Turnbull Canyon being like, oh man, isn't this cool? We got owls and tumbleweed and stuff. And they come across the burnt-down remains of this insane asylum. One of the hippies is like, look at me, man. Look at me. I'm crazy. And he sits down in an electroshock chair, and he puts on the cap. And he's like, shock me, baby. And then the girl hits the switch, and he actually gets electrocuted, even though the place had absolutely no power. It was a burned-out shell. Nothing had existed, really, in it for 20 years. Somehow this hippie gets electrocuted. Now... That's not, uh, that's 100% not true. There, there, that, that not only bends the logic of what ghosts, if ghosts can electrocute you, then ghosts turning your lights on or making your faucet run is so low level lame. Like if a ghost can actually bring electricity into a building where there's been no electricity for 20 years and give you enough volts to blow your brains out, I am no longer impressed when people say, and then, the book fell off the bookcase. I'm like, did you die? Did you get electrocuted? I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do not tell me a ghost story that doesn't involve a hippie getting his brains melted. And then I'll just leave. I hope someday someone invites me to, <laughs> to a paranormal convention. So I don't believe that story. Either that story is 100% made up. And of course, I can't verify it. People said there is like a bit of a ruin, like a flat. Looks like someone something was built out there. But other people have said there's no there's no record of an insane asylum out there. If that and I don't I believe the story is not true. But if that story is true, it is the greatest ghost encounter of all time. It should be it, every episode of Ghost Hunters should just be people sitting down with electroshock helmets at that location. So let's get. So the part I was the most excited about, because again, we had saint worshippers, child snatchers, and drifters. And I was like, oh, so saint worshippers, you can assume like someone walks around with a creepy mask on, you go, oh, that person's saint worshipper. They could just have a fetish. They could be a saint worshipper. I don't know. Child snatchers, that's just horrible. I don't like researching that stuff, but a drifter, like a homeless person hiding in the bushes. I've had a hundred encounters with homeless people over the years. I'd say maybe... 30% of them are good. I've had friends who were homeless. There was a time where I lived in my car because I lost my apartment. I was going to college. I lived in my car. But my friends who were homeless and they went around panhandling when I was living in my car, I would never consider them drifters or myself a drifter. We were still in the same area. But, like, I've run into actual drifters and there it's always been an unpleasant experience. Generally, homeless people themselves are fine, but in Hood River, we get a ton of them because as the weather kind of warms up, they, they migrate. We get a ton of them. So anyways, drifters. I'm like, drifters, my mortal enemy. The blood feud continues. I should just do a whole episode about my drifter stories. And so as I'm reaching for my screwdriver in my pocket, you're like, whoa, whoa, dude. You're not getting ready to stab that man over there. I'm like, you don't understand. The war ends today. But, but I was so excited to read about drifters because they were saying that drifters had killed people in Turnbull Canyon. I'm not excited that they're murdering people, but I was like, that's something that I can sink my teeth into. That's something that can be verified. I can just pick up the bum daily and flip through it and go to the drifter murder section. It's the biggest part of the newspaper and read about it, right? So I'm reading these, I'm reading this main article on Weird USA about 
Turnbull Canyon. And I get to this quote. Oh my God, I get to this quote. And it says, I live near Turnbull Canyon. This is a guy's first person, obviously. I live near Turnbull Canyon. And yes, I've heard all about this. It is one hell of a scary ass place to be in if you're by yourself and you aren't familiar with it. I remember seeing people walking around with hoods on. But I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a little vague. Like, could have had hoods on. Could have just had a weird haircut. I don't know. So, where did I leave off? Oh, I remember seeing people walking around with hoods on, but I'm not sure. For sure, though, I know that there are many devil worshippers slash cults in that area. Also, they found some rapist killer hiding there also. That was written, and I'm reading that, and I was like, oh, okay, just another piece of the puzzle. And then I get to who wrote it. They included his name. Counterlock drifting.com and I'm like my heart sunk because then I realized that counterlock from drifting.com was one of the drifters let me reread you that headline here let me reread you that headline satanist child snatcher and drifters in turnbull canyon whittier in that context would you think tokyo drift in that context would you think a bunch of lowered hondas going around corners super fast no, not at all. Drifters have killed people in this area because the road is so curvy, people race out there and they drift in their cars and they hit people. They hit a police officer, they've hit some people standing on the side of the road. That is not a I get technically they are drifters, but in the context, if you said, hey, you want to go see a movie about saint worshippers and drifters killing people? You would go, oh yeah, is that like from Blumhouse? What, what is this? Is this some new horror movie coming out? And they're like, no, it's Fast and Furious 11 where they have to drive their cars underneath the statue of Baphomet, and if they drift just right, they can, like, break the ankles of the statue and save humanity from the satanic overlook. You'd be like, what are you talking about? The movie doesn't exist. The movie would never exist. So in the, if someone says, hey, you want to you wanna go see a movie about street racing and drifters? You're like, yeah. And then you realize it's about homeless people driving cars. Context is important. Context is important. And I, I, I came across that linearly. I came across that and I was like, my heart just sunk. I was like, are you kidding me? Those are the drifters killing people? That Those drifters kill people all over the place. It's really bad in Tokyo, apparently. My thing is this. That guy who I read about who did thousands of hours of research and was talking about the plane crash, he does this huge write-up on the history of Turnbull Canyon. He's also on Drifting.com. So apparently Drifting.com, a website dedicated to getting the best drift out of your car, to living life a quarter mile at a time, to beating your enemies and winning those pink slips and hooking up with some hot girl in a bikini also has an entire section of their forum dedicated to hauntings of Turnbull Canyon. So I guess Turnbull Canyon is really famous among drifters, but if I'm going to drifting.com, I want to know how to get like Nas to shoot out of <laughs> some part of my car, right? I want to learn how to like spin the wheel just right so I can right in front of the ladies and impress them. Not ghost planes and saint worshippers and all sorts of nonsense. Drifting.com. I have an eternal war against drifters of all kinds now. Not just the homeless people who harass me, violently harass me, but you guys spinning around in your cars doing those donuts and stuff. And I'm on keto, so I especially hate donuts. Turnbull Canyon is an interesting story because after all, you're like, Jason, you told us this crazy story. And you pretty much just said, this is why this isn't true. This is why this isn't true. The, the child selling thing could possibly be true. The electroshock therapy is just hilarious. But what's really interesting, and I want to leave you with this note as we're walking through the darkened canyon. 
is that people have come out in the area and said, it's not haunted. I've grown up in this area. Those are just rumors. There are no saint worshipers. There are no child sacrifices. There are no ghosts. You guys, you children are foolish. I've lived here all my life. I read this. I was looking around online because I had to do a bunch of research on these type of stories to see whether or not any of it's true. And this one poster was saying, listen, I've hiked there with my dog all times, day and night. It's a very relaxing place. I take my dog. We walk out there. Just enjoy the splendor of it all. It is definitely not haunted. There's no dark magic there. There's no baby ritual sacrifices. That doesn't happen here. But one day I was walking through the canyon and I saw a stick. And on top of the stick was the severed head of a deer that was mounted on it. So it was looking up at the sky. And this is her quote. This is her exact quote. So I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen there. Animal sacrifice to be specific. But most of this crap is just urban legend best ignored. If the people disputing the urban legends have to admit they themselves have seen the signs of ritual animal sacrifice, that doesn't do the debunkers a lot of good. It's possible that the canyon does hold some dark mysteries. It's right on the precipice of the perfect place to commit some sort of heinous act. But you'd also have to be aware that some ghost hunters could stumble across you at any time, like we were walking down Turnbull Canyon late at night. You could go there and use the fear of the area, use the history of the area. Whether or not it was true, people believe that the place is soaked in evil, and it basically could become some sort of tulpa. People think the area is evil, so it gets slightly evil over the years. And you go to this place to commit your sacrifices out of the eyes of all the prying people around you. you got to be careful of those drifters coming around the corner, but they're going too fast. They don't see you and your cohorts in the hooded gowns walking through the canyon. But they see us. A pair of ghost hunters goofing off debunking these stories and laughing about it. You just have ghost investigators, paranormal people, drunk teens, coming to the area to investigate these stories. We came here to go for a walk and look into the history of this canyon. And as we sit there laughing about the goofy stories we've heard, having a good time, the cult leader is watching us from the darkness. And he thinks, the best thing we ever did was start these legends about this canyon. Not only did it charge this area with negative energy, but it convinced gullible people to come out here in the middle of the night on their own, looking for some answers. When in truth, we were just looking for sacrificial lambs to deliver themselves to our doorstep. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.